everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And if you are interested in purchasing my poetry book, one of two, Um, The other one is called Perfect Illusions of Love. You can go to IamTeresaReese.com in order to find out the details. And the name of this poem on tonight is Black History. Y'all thought I forgot, huh, with everything going on. No, I didn't. I was born black. I am black. And this month is Black History. So here we go. Battlefield of the Mind when we allowed the past to rule this present time. Liberty only exists where the spirit of the Lord is. Accountable for every action or word, we should strive to live holy and righteous. Christ died, was buried, and rose on the third day for us to have a chance to live more abundantly. Kind words and deeds help to heal wounds. So why aren't we as Christians bearing more of this fruit? Heavenly things are what we should keep our minds on. I can do all things through Christ is what we should decree more. Speaking the truth in love instead of allowing shame, self-hatred, or self-righteousness to corrupt us. Taking the time to accept the past, look forward, look toward the future, and be the best that we can. Only the pure in heart will ever see God. Repent quickly from your wicked ways so that when you reap what you've sown, it will be a blessed harvest. You have free will to choose God or to deny him. But my prayer for you is that you will wholeheartedly choose him. And this was actually an acronym for black history. So we are in the month of February. Today is February the 10th, 2021. And although we have come a long way, in my opinion, we still have a long way to go. However, today, I just really wanted to ponder on A lot of things, actually. One being forgiveness. Um, It's just a lot of stuff that happens that we can choose to hold grudges or we can choose to forgive. And yeah, sometimes it seems like it's easier to hold grudges. But I have kind of tested both of them. The grudge holding and the forgiving and now the older that I'm becoming I lean more toward the forgiving side because I remember there was a time that I had a conversation I have a lot of conversations with God but this conversation was more more or less on the um, loving your enemies and I'm gonna try to remember how I came into this revelation which 
for those of you that have never listened to one of my podcasts, I try to be raw on my podcast. So what you see is what you get with me. And RAW is also an acronym and it is called REAL and it stands for REAL and WISE, R-A-W. So I try to do that. Um, however, one of the things that, the, I think one of the analogies that was given to me is, is why it's important to love your enemies is because I'm going to use a sibling as an example. Um, let's just say your sibling says or does something that ticks you off, right? And when they do this, your first thought is like, I'm not going to fool with that ninja, not no more again in life. Um, I, I could do without all the extra that comes with fooling with this person. And in that moment, you are justifying the fact that you're not going to speak to that person, right? And so you're like, I'm, I'm not speaking to them because they did X, Y, and Z to me. Well, at that moment, they're your enemy. The reason why it's important for us to love our enemies, there are things that we have done to people, said to people, that literally, if we were really were to be honest with ourselves, is enough for us not to be dealt with concerning them and us. But what did they do? Instead of them holding grudges against us, they chose to forgive us. So why aren't we that way as well? Why aren't we the ones that are doing everything that we can to forgive them? Right? Because it's so easy for us to, it's so easy for us to want to be forgiven for the things that we do. But then it's hard for us to forgive others for the things that they do. And to me, that is like a hypocrite because if I need you to forgive me for the times that I mess up because trust me I'm human I'm gonna do just that one day many days often and so if I'm expecting a measure of forgiveness when I mess up when I say the wrong thing when I do the wrong thing um then I should be willing to forgive equally so but sometimes that's not what happens. Sometimes it's like, well, what I did wasn't that bad. Because we can be so quick to do that, right? We can be so quick to, to say how our actions weren't as bad, but then we're quick to judge someone else's actions. Or, okay, so this is, this is I'm changing subjects really quickly. Y'all know sometimes I do that. I had a conversation with a friend of mine one time and I said, you notice how people always say, if that were me, I wouldn't do X, Y, and Z. First of all, that is not always true because if that were you, the, the same way that the person handled the situation, had that been you nine times out of 10, you would handle the situation similar to them. But because we have started to fall for a lot of these statements, I wouldn't do that if I were you. You don't know what you would do if you were me. You don't know how you would handle um, adversity if you were me because you're not walking in my shoes. It's easy to say what you would do on the outside looking in. But when you're actually in the midst of that situation, no, you might be singing the same tune that I'm singing, if not worse. And so I'm learning how to just truly like this is what I'm doing when I'm in this situation. 
this is, you know, and then when I see that someone is doing something that I may not agree with, so to speak, there's a, there's a way for you to communicate with that person to let them know that you're not necessarily in agreement with their choices without making them feel bad about their choices. And so one of the things that my um, big brother stated at my grandfather's funeral, he, and I, I actually liked that he said that he was like, when he went to prison, that my granddad, it wasn't what he said, it's what he did not say. And my granddad was a believer. So, and when I say believer, I'm, I'm meaning he believed in Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And instead of ridiculing my brother, instead of making him feel worse for having to go down that path, my grandfather loved him unconditionally. And trust me, I'm sure that that's very hard to do sometimes to love people unconditionally, to like allow them to be the fullness of who they are without their feeling as if they're being judged. I will give you an example. So there are a lot of people that have an opinion about homosexual behavior. I'm about to give you my opinion. I believe that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. I also believe that no sin is greater than the other. And I also believe that in the Bible, it talks about fornicating, fornication being one of the greater sins because you're sinning against yourself. So whether you are fornicating with the same sex or fornicating with the opposite sex, sin is still sin in the eyes of God. However, what I also believe is that we as people have a tendency to rate and grade sin. Why do we do that? Okay, so because you're a fornicator and I'm a gambler, you're, for, you're, you're a worse sinner than me. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Sin is sin. It's all equal. There is no greater than the other. It is all equivalent. So I don't spend time judging homo, hetero. I don't, I don't even go into that headspace. I operate in love because according to the word of God, it says love covers a multitude of sins. If fornication falls in the lines of sin, if adultery falls in the lines of sin, if if um, homosexuality, if all, if all this homosexuality falls in the lines of sin, if all this stuff falls under the uh, under the guides of sin, love is going to cover all of that. That's the umbrella over all of that. So that I don't get caught up in the whole self righteous attitude. I just love. <laughs> That's my option. That's my go to. That's my resource. I. I I'm just going to love you. I'm going to love you for the human being that you are. I'm going to lead by example of hopefully just how to live righteous. And it's like, like my dad told my son, my dad told my, because for those that don't know, I have a son that is a homosexual. And so my dad told my son, he was like, as long as you're not going out and you're not harming anyone, to think about ending your life and all of that because people don't accept you. That's the wrong answer. Like, be who you are. Love who you are. And so, 
I'm okay. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna share this with y'all. So, and, and I'm in agreement with that 100%. Be who you are, love who you are. You know, you're the one that has to, you're the one that has to go to sleep with yourself at night. You're the one, all the choices that you make, how you make those choices, that's something that you have to, you have to live with yourself. And so, um, I remember now for those of you that are easily offended, you might as well turn this off now because I have a crazy sense of humor and I'm about to delve into that sense of humor. So if you are easily offended, you might as well cut this off right now. That is my PSA announcement. So my son, he was 10 years old when he came to me and told me that he was a homosexual. And he broke down crying and he was like, oh, mom, I have something to tell you. And I'm like, what? And he was like, I'm a homosexual. I like guys. And I'm like, okay. I said, um, why are you crying? Um, I don't know. I was like, are you crying because what? You didn't think that I would be accepting of you? And he was like, I guess. Okay, I said, well, um, there's no use in crying if this is who you've decided to be. You should be able to hold your head up high, your chest out, and be who it is that you say that you're going to be. I said, however, you do not have permission to act on who it is that you say you are until you become an adult. And fast forward. And I, the reason why I told him that, because I explained it to him. So that way you're like, really? <laughs> what I told him was, you're 10 years old. You do not know the full essence of your identity yet. Give it time because you may change your mind. Just because someone has classified you as a homosexual because you're more sensitive than most young men does not necessarily mean that that's your identity. So give it time. So fast forward, he comes home and he's like, mom, I said, what? He's like, I am not gay anymore. I'm not a homosexual anymore. I said, you're not gay. He was like, no. I said, what happened? He was like, <laughs> every time I think about it, I check it to myself. He, he said, I got bullied today. I said, you got bullied today. I said, for being gay. He was like, yes. I said, oh, so you're just not gay today. And my, my son was like, mom. <laughs> but I was really serious. I was like, okay, so, so you're not gay today. And you're not gay today because someone offended you. You're not gay today because it didn't feel right for someone to pick on you. That's why you're not gay. Not because you're not, that's not your choice deal. It's just that you didn't like what that felt like to be picked on. And so I think he thought about it for a minute. It was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the type of relationship that I have with my children. We are very open and honest. We tell each other um, the truth and sometimes the truth hurts. There's been times that I've been told that I um, am very, what did they say? Oh, I've been told that I'm mean, a mean mom. I've been told that I am... <laughs> that I rank a lot. So pretty, and, and if you know what rank means, it's like I crack jokes a lot and um, I don't always necessarily take things seriously. So it just depends. You know, one minute they love me, next minute they can't stand me. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, they, they love me because I'm mama. And, um, you know, that's just a part of parenting, really. <laughs> but I digress. So 
I done lost my whole thought, y'all, thinking about that. Because it was it was really funny to me. We I kind of chuckled uh, for a minute every time I would think about that. But I love my kids nonetheless. I love them nonetheless. It doesn't take away, you know, whatever their choices are. It doesn't take away from who they are as individuals. We've had some very tough, very candid conversations. Um, even in the course of him making his life choices, we've had very candid conversations. There have been times that... Um, he thought about taking his life and he told me like after he literally told me after the fact and I was like what would make you want to do that and I had to literally debunk every lie that he had psychologically told himself and then when I presented the truth to him he was like oh yeah you're right and I was like that's the one thing that y'all have never had to worry about is me treating one child better than the other. Like one rule applies across the board. It's not just one rule applies to this child, but it doesn't apply to you. No, the same rule applies to everyone. And so once he started to realize that it was just his own perception of what he thought was taking place, then I presented him because that's one thing that I'm not, you know, I don't believe. I don't believe that I'm the only person with all the answers. I don't believe that. So after I had my conversation with him, I took him over to my parents' house so that my parents could have a separate conversation. Because how many of y'all know that you could say one thing to someone and it doesn't resonate with them at all? It's like you are literally talking to a wall, but someone else could say the exact same thing and then it moves mountains. Not sure what that's all about, but I have been a witness to it. And so now that I'm aware of that, I try my best to, okay, this is my opinion. This is what I suggest that you do, or this is how I suggest that you handle it. But if for any reason you don't want to take that advice, guess what? I'm going to refer you to this person and that person. Hopefully by gathering all that information, because according to the scriptures, it talks about um, there is safety in wise counsel. So even if what I am saying to you, if it doesn't resonate with you, then why don't you go talk to this person? Or why don't you go, go talk to that person? Maybe they know someone that's an expert in, in this area and they can help you even more so. So that's the type of dialogue that I try to have with my children is that I don't confess or profess to know everything, but I've lived enough to know a little bit about a lot. And so I provide the information that I know and then I recommend wherever else they should go but back to forgiveness um that's a part of i believe just being in any relationship is that you've got to have that's an instrument instrumental intricate part of relationships you've got to have forgiveness woven in there somewhere simply because if you don't that's what creates so much confusion. That's how the small foxes spoil the vine. That's how you have these fallouts and don't even know you, you know, sometimes have you ever been around people that they're like, girl, I don't like him. What do he do to you? I don't know. I just don't like him. Or he ain't did nothing. I just don't like him. Or girl, I can't stand her. What does she do to you? Girl, because, you know, my cousin, Shaynae, you know, they had this fallout. And I don't know. I just didn't like how she handled that whole situation. But it didn't have nothing to do with you. But all of a sudden, you have a problem with somebody and they haven't done anything directly with you or to you. 
And it's like, really? Well, that's kind of what happened to me. Um, when anytime that you're trying to live through someone else, you know, anytime that you're trying to take their opinion of someone, maybe your encounter with that person wasn't a good encounter, but that doesn't mean that my experience with them is going to be the same. And I used to, in my latter years, in my earlier years, I used, I said that wrong. In my earlier years, I used to be that person that would not like someone because someone else did not like them. I have quickly learned over time, that's the wrong approach. Because if this person ain't did nothing to me, I could very well be pushing away a solid, healthy, joyful relationship for the sake of somebody else's opinion of someone that they really never even took the time out to get to know. How foolish is that? And so now I take the time out to get to know people myself. Now, I may end up having the same conclusion and drawing the same conclusion like, okay, yeah, I, I, I tried it. I tried it and it failed. And yeah, we're, we're not friends to this day because she did this, 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 and this to me. But at least I'm basing it off of my own experience and not someone else's experience. And I just feel like that's that's critical when it comes to like building relationships, getting to know people. Um, that you you learn based on your own personal experience. I even thought about who my future hubby is. And I asked the question and I said, Lord, so what if he was a, a <laughs> what is it, Jesus? Serial cheater. What if he was a serial cheater before our paths crossed? Am I going to like hold that against him subconsciously? And be looking at him sideways. Like, you know, when he says he's going to the store, am I going to be like, mm, it takes about 20 minutes for you to get there and come back. Because all you're doing is going to go get a carton of milk. Am I going to be that type of person? Or am I going to be like, well, because that is his past. He is now a new creature in you, God. I'm going to trust him that when he says that he is going to the store, that he's not answering, one, you know, his DMs and that he's doing right by me. Then I thought about, but what about my friends? Are they going to be the type of people that are like, girl, you know, he used to be a serial cheater. You sure you want to go down that path? Because you never know. You know, once a cheater, always a cheater. I thought about that because, you know, your friends can influence you. You look up and you're just like, I'm not even in a relationship anymore because I listen to X, Y, and Z. And guess what? I'd never really had any solid proof that everything that they were saying was true. But just because they had that kind of impact on me, guess what? I'm not even in a relationship with him anymore. And so, um, yeah, I thought about that. I really, really thought about that. Like, how do I want to, you know, if that were to happen, I don't know. Future hubby, if you used to be a serial cheater, I pray to God that that really ain't your testimony because <laughs> I feel like, you know, you got to have a level of commitment, but let's just say it is. Cause you know, remember I didn't already tell God, not my will be his will be done. So I would have to trust that if that is your past and that you've done the work, because remember I said that I have also been, now I'm no serial cheater, but I've also been on that side where I have not been completely faithful in my relationship. So I know how that can happen. But what I hope and pray is that, because you've done the work 
And because I've done the work, we will have a great line of communication to where that won't be an issue for us. Like I remember when I was married and there were times when I literally would sit my, this is my ex-husband, but at the time he was my husband. I would sit him down and be like, I just want you to know what you're doing right now is setting me up to cheat on you. Because if you're preventing me from being intimate with you because you have an attitude with me about something I said two days ago, bruh, I'm not in agreement with us not being having intercourse right now. Like, I, I don't care. You need to get over your little attitude. <laughs> you need to give me some. So that's how I <laughs> that might not have been the, the greatest way to put it, but that's how I was. That's how I was. I'd be like, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to be, you know, where you're not speaking to me. So you're preventing me from being intimate with you. No, you're the only person I could be with. No, we're not going to do this. You need to give me some, get over yourself and let's move forward. And that's just how I was. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not married to him any longer. So maybe that was too aggressive. I don't know. I don't even care. I don't even care because I'm better now. But yeah, that's how I was. I always kept the lines of communication open. I've always been that way. I've always been that girl. And so, um, but yeah, so this is going to conclude my podcast on tonight. Um, but y'all know how I do it. I always have to read a letter to my future hubby. So let me go ahead and do that. And the date is February the 10th, 2021. And it says, dear future hubby, hold on, let me go back, y'all. I got a whole, oh, Jesus, hold on. There we go. Dear future hubby, I remember when I was in elementary school, I met this young lady named Stephanie. We had a mutual friend. Truth be told, we started out as enemies. Fast forward, it was our first day of high school and Stephanie pulled me to the side and said we needed to stick together, especially since she and I didn't know anyone else. Fast forward again, it was the last day of school and it was our junior year of high school. Somehow, she and I had enough enemies who wanted to jump us once school let out. So we had to be picked up from school early. Crazy thing was, the only thing she and I was truly guilty of was being pretty girls. Stephanie had long hair down her back and I was skinny with the big butt. Crazy, right? Guilty because we were pretty. But she and I formed a lasting friendship and we have been friends for, um, for, over, for over 30 years all because one of us chose to be the bigger person and let bygones be bygones. Well, you know, although Stephanie is one of my best friends to this very day, and she and I have weathered many storms, I truly believe that understanding the importance of active forgiveness has been instrumental in our lifetime friendship. We have not only forgiven each, sorry, we have not only forgiven one another actively, but our actions have proven that we've truly forgiven one another over the years. What am I saying? I'm saying that I have not always been a perfect, uh, made a perfect score in the friendship category and vice versa. 
But because our love for one another truly covers a multitude of sins, we are more like sisters to this day. I have a few relationships like this, and I thank God for each one of them. Being able to forgive allows love to flow through us and in us in ways unimaginable. As your wife, I may not always make a perfect score, and you may not always make a perfect score as my husband, but as long as we are willing to operate in forgiveness, freely expressing how one has made the other feel and not keeping account of each other's wrongs, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 5, I believe you and I will possess one of the main ingredients to a successful marriage. The other ingredient, the most important one of all, is ensuring that God remains the center as well as the foundation of our union. I understand that times will not always be easy. I understand that there will be moments that you aren't really quote unquote feeling me, that you aren't really maybe because of something I did or said and vice versa. I understand that we won't always see eye to eye concerning how we address a certain situation. However, I do hope that we always maintain respect for one another like best friends do that we trust each other like best friends do, and that we can be our authentic selves unapologetically like best friends can. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening. Please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Bye.